Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about what life is like as a millennial woman. (laughs) (laughs) And And to help us with that. And to help us with that, we actually have a millennial woman with us. Thank goodness. And we're really grateful for that. Uh, It's Christmas week around here and we've had uh, family visiting. And so my daughter, Bethany, John's sister, Bethany, is here with us. Say hello, Bethany. Hello. <laughs> and um, so Bethany's going to help us process this. But as always, and we're going to talk about a couple of things just to give mm-hmm. you a little teaser here to get you hanging on. We're going to talk about uh, the challenges, the unique challenges of being a millennial woman. It is a different world. I was just reading some articles about the difference between your mother's generation and yours and the unique difficulties of millennial women. And then we're also going to talk about faith formation because, Bethany, you've grown up in the church, as John has, and uh, as you've processed your adult life, you have uh, decided what you're going to keep, what you're going to wrestle with, blah, 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 right, about faith? Absolutely. All right. And then tell, tell us how old you are. I am 26 years old. Oh, my goodness. I no, know. you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. You don't, you don't know how old your sister is? Wow. I do now. I thought, oh, oh. <laughs> the first is your birthday, December 1st. Yeah, okay. I'm, I am yeah. newly 26. Newly 26. Okay. Did you forget how old you are, John? I did, actually, for a spell. Lindsay for a reminded second, me yeah. that I was 24 instead of 23. Yeah. I thought I was 23, so I aged yeah. two years in about a week. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's hard. I know. <laughs> okay, so as Not always, though, it is a joke and or story time, and we're going to we're gonna have Bethany tell the joke and or story, and then you and I are going to kick in with something fun. So, oh. Uh, okay. Bethany, you got a, you got a story for us? I do have a story. I do. This one takes takes us back to uh, 2009, and uh, I was a sophomore in high school that year. This is one of my. Uh, I'm very proud of this when I shouldn't be. It's one of those. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was uh, taking Spanish too at the time, which is the worst. It sounds awful. Uh, taking foreign languages is is extremely difficult. Now, when I was in Spanish too in high school, way back in the Stone Age. They actually, uh, you know, you'd get in, take roll and all that, and there would be a moment where she rang a bell, and from then on, you are not allowed to speak English for the rest of the class. That, Whoa. There was no bell. There was, you're in the classroom, you're not speaking English. Oh, really? So from the moment you walked in the room, yeah. you are not allowed to use English. Correct. For just so Spanish we would, two? Or just for Spanish too, right? Spanish okay. two. We would do this cheating thing where we'd say, Como se dice? Como se dice? What are you doing tonight? Yes, that is the cheat. That is the best way. It's how you survive Spanish too. Okay, so you're in Spanish too. Yeah, and I uh, I was not having a good time. Um, I did. I barely got through Spanish one. I could not speak Spanish the whole time in Spanish two, hmm. and I didn't really c- click with my uh, teacher at all. Couldn't hmm. stand her a little bit. So I decided to take it upon myself to not attend, to attend every class, but Spanish two. For how long? Two months. So for two months, you did not attend a single class. That is, Spanish that is correct. How? Yeah. I uh, would go hang out um, in the commons. That's what it was called. Yeah. And because uh, Valor, where I was attending. Oh, built, this was at Valor. Yeah. And Valor was letting you get away. All this tuition oh, they're paying, gosh. they're charging us, it's and they're like, letting you skip a class for two months, and I didn't find out? It's like the stars aligned for this to happen. Wow. Yeah. So Valor would intentionally put in um, a free period. For every class you had had a corresponding free period hmm. sometime in the week. 
So mm. I was never alone in the hallways. There also, it didn't always... look like you were out of place. Right. So they couldn't just pinpoint me. Now, I want to just parenthetically say here that Valor Christian School, is that the name? Valor yeah, Christian sure. School is an amazing school. And do not let this story <laughs> any damage the reputation of such a great institution. Yeah, okay. So. So anyway, you're skipping every class for two months. Yeah. Not every every Spanish every class. Every Spanish class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I finally am like. Bethany, this has to stop. <laughs> you can't just keep doing this. This has to end. So I... Uh, it probably gets more and more daunting. Oh, my As time gosh. goes on for two months. Yeah. Well, yeah, if I show up, they might have actually forgot I exist. And then yeah. all of a sudden, who are you? Exactly. So I go to class and I guess someone looks like, who are you? Like, um, So I walk in, I take a seat. The, the teacher looks at me kind of like, who are you? You don't belong in this classroom. And then I watch her take attendance. And all she does, because she prided herself on knowing every student's name, and she did not know And she's saying them out loud? No. Oh. So she walks up to the computer, and she takes attendance just by checking to see if you were in the previous class. And if you were in your previous class, she marked you present for this class. Wow. So she actually marked me present for every single one of those classes you in the had, last two That's months. why I didn't get contacted. You Absolutely. had no recorded absences. Yeah. And to speak to that a little bit, I did fail two semesters of u.s history in a row and you didn't find out for years dang how does that happen <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the stars and aligned okay how, now you said this is a proud did moment. you pass this class yeah how would you, you, you pass like the final and stuff um i studied really hard <laughs> <laughs> i i passed by like the skin of my teeth were like, you studying even during the two months you weren't attending yeah and so uh the only grade in the class was a final or did you show up no. for some tests previous to that? Or? There were some tests previous. I think I missed one exam during. Wow. Man. Yeah. And what grade did you escape this class with? Well, I have no idea. Probably something close to like a C minus D plus situation happening here. I skipped only one class in all my years of high school. And uh, college, I skipped more. Because college is like the Wild West, you know. Yeah. It's like you're an adult, almost, you know. Yeah. But technically. A reasonable facsimile thereof. Right. And a lot of teachers treat you that way and say, you don't have right. to, they're not going to hey, even take attendance. You want to pass? You're going to pass. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah. But anyway, my one, the one time I skipped a class in high school was Algebra 2, and I show up and they say, you ready for the test? And I said, nope. And so I left. Oh. And then I uh, came back later and took the test later. Wow. And I, I was like, could I have done that? This was my senior year, or my, yeah. my junior year. I like, like, I've, I've been that? doing this this whole time. Yeah, it was so easy. And I yeah. felt I was so paranoid. I felt like I was running around and people were like looking for me. Mm-hmm. And my teacher didn't even ask about it when I showed up later. I was like, hey, I was gone the day we took the test. Can I? Okay, so we're extending story time here, but I have to oh. tell this story because I too had a class that I did not attend <laughs> for a long time. I was a freshman. I'm in PE class. We go outside for archery. So there's only what? so many bows and arrows and so many targets. So you have to sit on the ground waiting your turn. Uh-huh. And me and a buddy of mine in Texas, the when it's when it's uh, hot all summer, you know, and dry doesn't rain enough. The black dirt gets these hard lines in them, cracks. You've seen these yeah, on yeah. movies, and you break them loose, and they these dirt clods. We call them dirt clods. And so me and a buddy are throwing dirt clods at each other. I think it's common in every state except for this one and other ones. With, yeah, with there's never like dry this. dirt here, no. I guess. But in Colorado, there's this is everywhere. You know? Okay, yeah. so so anyway, we're, we're throwing dirt clods at each other. And I get in the locker room. I'm, I'm down to my whitey tighties, you know, getting for the shower. <laughs> and this dude who's a stoner, just long hair, weed-smoking guy, comes up and shoves me against the wall. Mm. And, and I said, what's up, man? He said, you hit me with a dirt clod. I said, bro, listen, I threw dirt clods at my friend, 
I can tell you by looking at you, there's not a chance I would get a dirt clod within 20 feet of you. <laughs> I did not hit you. With dirt. He slams me against the wall again. He said, I'm going to beat the ever-loving blah, 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 blah out of you. I'm running around the locker room for my life in my underwear. This guy's chasing me. He's trying to beat me up. Huh. Just as he's about to catch me, the coach walks in, puts a stop to it. I throw my clothes on, and I don't go back to that class for the rest of the year. Oh, Whoa. my gosh. I just had in my head that this guy was going to be stoned out of his mind, get me on the <laughs> ground, and beat me till I died. I was petrified. Oh I was also gosh. very small. My freshman year of high school, I was like five foot eight, and not very heavy. And so uh, I was I was legitimately scared. Yeah. Got to be in the class. <laughs> Dang. Not, not that gym teacher probably couldn't blame you. I think he understood. I think he got it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got stories, but we'll, we'll keep it moving. Okay. One, give me one. I was, what I was going to have us do is I remember the time about Bethany. You got to remember the time about Bethany. Aww. Oh, man. Just a just a an episode in your yeah okay give me a remember the time yeah we had a really cool tight youth group in Colorado uh, that was that was <laughs> uh, that was it was bigger but there was this tight circle it was the seniors and then um, because I you know my sister's a senior and because I'm a pastor kid I I would go with them to the so everybody was, you were yeah. you were a you were a uh, what do they call that an ex officio member of every group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not the seniors because it was you know you were only a I sophomore. Was a sophomore, yeah. Yes, but anyway, the old to me they were all seniors. You know, <laughs> we're all big kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we would go to movies and stuff. And I have uh, really fond memories of going with uh, you to see the other guys with the whole youth group. Uh, and then one not youth related is I went with you and your boyfriend at the time oh, gosh, uh, to don't. go see the Scott Pilgrim movie oh, a few days my. after my birthday. The guitar player guy. He's a bass player, but yeah. Who played everything in Drop D. <laughs> What's his name? What was his we name? We don't oh, need to do oh, this right oh, now. The actual guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't need to, we don't don't need to anybody's do good name. Uh, well, I'm not one. I was going to disperse his name. <laughs> <laughs> I just had forgotten about all that. But uh, it was great. There was a lot of drama in that relationship. Yeah. But they came with me and waited in line and the movie was awesome. Yeah. It was a really good midnight it's premiere. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, especially because, and it flopped, but the people who were there at midnight were like diehard. Yeah. It was good. Did it so flop? It flopped really bad. All right. Yeah. I want to jump in. So, Bethany, okay. tell us in a simple form, what do you think it's like to be a millennial woman? You know, I think... Wait, wait you remember the time. Yeah. Well, I had already told another story. My remember time was her sitting in a chair. She's probably five and you're probably three. I love this. And she's sitting in the chair, and you're sitting on the floor playing with some toys, and she keeps pushing you with her foot, and you don't even notice at first, and then she pushes you again, and then she pushes you again, and you swat your arm back like you're swatting a fly. She pushes you again, and she waits until you throw an absolute fit, and then she looks over at me just smiling as big as Texas. Oh, my word. <laughs> that never stopped. Oh, no. Was, that was that was your whole life. I'd be playing Game Boy, and she I would walk by and just slap the case closed. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Okay. All right. Bethany, millennial, yeah. millennial womanhood. What's it like? Um, I think it's I think it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. So you you feel you feel proud to be a millennial woman. I mean, there's advantages. I don't think I am so proud <laughs> to be this millennial woman. No. Um, but especially if you think of uh, I studied a lot of history. If you think of history and everything, I think this is the time to be a woman. Hmm. Yeah. Or tell just me, to be tell alive. me more. Yeah, we don't know what it's like to be a woman. Tell, why is now the time to be a woman? <laughs> I mean, with just you have the most freedoms you've ever had. Sure. Um, wages. I could, yeah, I mean, wages are a little rough, especially living in Denver. 
Well, you make a good wage. Yeah, now. Now I'm good. Yeah. yeah. It might be equal equal wages and they're all low type thing. Yeah. But yeah. So if I can sound a little uh, stupid here, you, you got some uh, affirmative action kind of advantages being a woman and job opportunities where they were saying we got too many white men and so at least we need women or minorities. And so you actually, did you get some benefit from that? I have not experienced that. No. I, at least it's not blatant in my life. College sure. scholarship money, anything there? Oh, I did get scholarship money for sure. Yeah, and then you got the full ride offer to DU for grad school. Yeah, but I think I that probably that and you, gender was not a factor. There. Yeah, yeah, you busted your butt pretty it. hard for that stuff. Well, you killed it for all of it. I don't mean that you got anything unfairly. There were some scholarships that I was like, you chose me because I'm a woman in math. I just oh. know it. I was going to say at NU, you're a majority there, but not in the math field. Right, no. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so for you, you feel like there's been a lot of advantages being a woman in this piece of history versus previous years. Well, I wouldn't say advantages over men. Nothing no, no, no. Like no I, mean, I mean over over womanhood. Womanhood now versus right. womanhood in oh, the past. Oh, absolutely. So what are the biggest challenges of your life? If you Let's just open up here. What what are the that, that you would attach to perhaps uh, being a woman? 26 years old in a career uh in a big city of denver what are some what are some challenges for you um it gets pretty lonely i'm not actively lonely in in any way but it's hard like my closest my group of friends are people that i have known since i was 15 years old Mm -hmm. and to branch out from that i think would be insanely difficult Luckily, I don't have to, but I can see that that would be a struggle for people. Which is part of why you chose Denver. Yeah, I chose Denver specifically because I have a group there. So community life for you, John, jump in here at any point. Community life for you is a big deal. Social network support, and you feel like it is a small but loyal brood. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and we talked about this on our uh, adult friendships episode, where it's it's, uh, hard in general... Um, after you're in like those, like when you're in high school, when you're in college and you're all sharing the exact same lifestyle, more or less, you know, you're all, you're all playing the same game. Uh, it's easier than when you're, when you're loose. I remember specifically in high school though, the culture was different when we, when we moved here, we moved here, I was halfway through my freshman year and you were halfway through your, your junior. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like the, like, uh, Bethany got talked to more by the girls and it was very bubbly and very overtly friendly but it was just as hard to follow through and make real friendships for so you. So let's talk yeah. about that cuz that's kind of that's what they call the Seattle freeze. We talk about the it's same thing. It's real. Now is there not a Denver freeze? Nope. Nope, the, there the is not. The Denver glow. But there this is, a is glow. But this is your friends you've had forever. So yeah. but are you making like in your workplace are you feel making tight friends? Um I would not say tight, but I've only been there for like 2 months now. And they do make an effort, like my team goes out to lunch every mm. other week, and we do happy hours, and I think tight culture. I think millennials might be experiencing more loneliness, even though they have friends. First of all, their tribe is smaller than, mm-hmm. than maybe in the past. Mm-hmm. Also, because of social media and all that, um, it just feels like there's a... It, anxieties increased, whatever, that loneliness might be a common millennial issue. Would you say that's true? Uh, sure. Yeah. And these friends you have, they're all single? No, no. Um, when I moved back to Denver, yes. Um, but I played a key role in hooking a couple of them up. Very proud of that. Um, yeah, but the 
two that are a couple are were in the group before that you know so, oh, so they were kind of tight was, already it was very seamless well it was like they were part of the creation of the group right mm. yeah i saw it's a wonderful life for the first time last night and uh man culture back then like adult friend culture was so probably a lot healthier but very strange and yeah. it's a movie so you know it's obviously romanticized but he's just walking he gets, he's bored so he's just walking down main street and he, this uh, young lady's there, and she just kind of like like waves him in. So he goes into their house, and and then her mom's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I'm just getting warm." And it's like, "What a weird thing! What a weird culture!" To just walk into someone's house, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" And I don't know. Huh. That was and that was filmed in like the '50s, so that's forever. That's you well, know, that's try this on. I had lunch times. today with a Chinese woman, uh, <laughs> yeah. talking about culture, and talking about growing up in China, and um, how uh, relationships there. While the government owns everything and they oh, can't man, really yeah. aspire to prosperity very much and that things are very challenging, that every night the women in these high-rise apartments go down to the community basketball court between all the buildings and they dance together every night oh, before they go what? to bed. I actually saw that in a movie. I didn't know how accurate that was. Yeah, and so just how community life is much more a part of your lives because you need each other more maybe. Yeah. Anyway, you would think that in the millennial world, relationships would actually intensify, but right because we need each other. Yeah, but the challenges are there. So what? What about uh, now? Let's talk about faith formation mm-hmm. because these friends you have have they would say I believe in God. Sure. I don't uh, think you have any of them that would say no. Yeah, I do. So talk talk to me about how your faith. One of the things John and I have been talking about over a while is people who grew up in church grew up in faith and who now are hitting a wall of unbelief and struggling i think as much culturally with church and faith as they are theologically mm-hmm. you think that's true john yeah yeah and so what has this been like for you i mean you've been out you know out of the nest right and you went to a christian college yeah um but you've never enjoyed plastic christianity absolutely not so what has your faith journey been like uh, into adulthood here yeah it's been a little strange i feel like when i first gained freedom from parents forcing you to go to church mm-hmm. i took full advantage of that Still, even though chapel was required in you, you you did have to do some church stuff there yeah there's some ways to get around it for sure <laughs> oh <laughs> she's skipping spanish class yeah she's skipping chapel chapel I, was Chapel skipping was a, a mandatory part of life every now and again. Yeah. Because uh, you, you had to reach a certain quota of, of credits. Right. And so you didn't need to go to every single one okay. to get that normally. All right. So keep going. I want to hear yeah. this. Yeah. So I did not think in a thousand years I would go to a Christian university. But I was in a place in life where I was like, yeah, sure, let's do this. So I did that. And my faith definitely grew in that time. But then again, when I graduated from there, it was like another breath of of fresh air where you don't have to do it's the it's the forcing that was a real problem mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. so now um my faith has always been very personal i don't talk about it like probably like i should you know in a devotion like with a group of right. people sure. and uh so now i'm just trying to find figure out what to do like so John, your faith seems to have been I don't want to I don't know if unchallenged is the right word. <laughs> My whole life has been unchallenged. <laughs> Bethany, do you feel That's like there have true. been particular kidding. things that challenge your faith? Um n- 
I get in my own way. I would say that is my challenge. Mm. Nothing has ever been super problematic for me. I've never even questioned my belief system. Like I've questioned the belief system, but I've never gotten to a point where I'm like, is this real? Yeah. I've always thought it was, you know, it's real. Is there stuff about our um, inherent beliefs? So, so like stuff, if you're going to say um, that you like hold scripture is like sacred above everything, right? Mm. Is there stuff there that kind of clashes with you? Cause like, well, for us, would yes. you, would you start there and say the, the scriptures are a unique, uh, a unique document and that they yes. are the word of God? Yes. You would say that. Yeah. And would you say that the scriptures are inerrant? They are without error and um, the guide for faith and conduct? I have a hard time. With that? Yeah. Okay. The fact that it's written by men, even though there's the whole God breathe situation, does. Sure. It nags at the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Are you optimistic in general about life? Yes. You think the best is yet to come? Yes, always. And uh, one of the things we've talked about in the past is that. Mm that millennial sense i think this is millennial versus gen z i think this would be accurate that there is a sense that the institutions that we count on aren't going to be there for you the social security that we're going to draw won't be there for you that uh, institutions can't be trusted the government can't be trusted do you feel that way no i think everybody should calm down (laughs) (laughs) so you 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 don't live in that kind of uh tension there no and i think if i were to really uh think about it and do my research i could probably terrify myself work yourself into fear i could work yeah. myself into fear but i'd just rather not so okay here's a, a little step back to the first question just in the millennial yeah. womanhood sense um anxiety and and depression and mental health problems are huge right now oh, and yeah. especially i think I don't have the numbers, but I'm pretty sure they adversely affect women more than men, even though both see huge numbers. Uh-huh. Um, what is it like out of every woman that I know and am related to, I think all of them or at least at least three out of five have uh, undiagnosed anxiety to mm-hmm. diagnose anxiety. So is that a big thing? Like with you and your your friend group of women, is that a common thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What percentage of your women friends would you say have anxiety as a life issue? Um, a very high percentage. I was talking to a coworker the other day and I was like, well, you know, cause we all have anxiety and she's like, I don't have anxiety. And I was like, well, you're not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? What's the matter yeah. with you? You're, you're, Let me give you some. You're telling yeah. me you're fine. Yeah. So it would surprise you if a, if a woman your age said, I don't have anxiety. Life's fine for me. Uh, I just want to know why. Yeah. And when, when you think about anxiety, do you have, um, is it correlated to certain things or is it just an ambivalent anxiety? I definitely feel like I work myself into it a little bit. Sure. With a story that you're telling yourself. Or yes. with a, so there's a trigger. There's, there's a thing. Oh, yeah, there are triggers. And sometimes not, but for the most part, triggers. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate and, you being so honest about all this. Yeah. I hope it's Oh, not. absolutely. <laughs> Open book. Um, would you say that you're... So when you think about how your faith actually affects your life, right... Does that help you with anxiety in a way, or is it kind of is it is it a tough is it unaidable or no? It's definitely aidable, but I feel like sometimes it gets it sounds horrible to say, but bigger than my faith in a way. Sure, you know, like the storm can become so big that I forget that I have a little something to rely on. Yeah, yeah. In what ways? I'm going to ask you some questions that kind of shape uh, a framework for this. Mm-hmm. In what ways do you uh, feed your faith? 
I pray a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's just the easiest, you know, it's just to talk to God about it. Yeah. yeah. That might be a huge, maybe not a gender difference for me. That is not the case. Oh, <laughs> prayer is like, way harder than like, prayers hard for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just am constantly in open conversation in my head, you know, that's pretty great. Do you yeah. sense God's nearness to you? In times, not constant. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in what ways do does your faith actually empower your life? In what ways does it contribute to your life? What is it doing for you? Um, it makes me feel okay, you know? And I think that to tie this back to the whole the world is ending and we have nothing mm-hmm. to fall back on as millennials, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I feel like I don't really have to worry about it. I'm taking the right steps in my life and I feel empowered. Um, and so I just, I don't worry about it. It helps a lot with anxiety and so you feel empowered you feel like you live in a world that's empowering you to do the best you can and that god will do whatever you can't do right right and tell me about church i know that church is not a part of your (laughs) (laughs) it's not a part of your practice no why why is that um i don't know i mean i do so (laughs) 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 it's it's a little difficult um I don't forming relationships is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason that all my friends I've known for over a decade, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't want to walk into a building filled with a bunch of people and have to start from scratch. And yeah, it's a little exhausting. What's interesting is when you were younger, all the way through your teenage years, you thrived on that. Well, that's I had I to be at church really people. early and you would go there early with me and you would talk to the old women in the lobby. You would talk to kids. You worked that lobby like a pro. Oh my gosh. I was so good at you it. You were amazing. I'm still good at it. but that's the that's what throws me off is because you're extraordinary at it and that's why i think a lot of people who didn't end up being your friends when you were here or long-term friends really liked you yeah so it didn't feel the way you normally felt friendships feel so it was that seattle freeze thing yeah um but i think i also had the backing of all of these people knew who I was like I was well even in Washington I'm Jim Ladd's daughter yeah Yeah. so there was my favorite one of my favorite moments oh no we hadn't been here very long I don't know if you knew this but (laughs) I see Bethany I'm off to the wall and I see Bethany walking through the lobby and a woman says to her are you Pastor Jim's daughter? And she said, nope. Nope. <laughs> and the gal said, oh, and she walked away. I was going to cry. I was going to be like, no, I'm joking. It's me. And then she was so fast. Man, those early years were tough. It was rough. Yeah. It was a rough transition. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. To come here as a high school senior, I believe, right? You Halfway junior. through my junior, junior year, year of high school. I'm only a yeah. little bitter still. Just well, a little I made, bitter. I made one. <laughs> you made actually more friends in high school than I did. John, I had like two. Yeah, I had. I can't. I've come out with one. I still meet him for coffee every now and again. But so, um, I want to get back to the church yeah, thing. So, yeah. so going into a building full of people is difficult. Starting conversations with strangers, small talk yeah. drives you crazy. You hate small talk. I don't mind it. But what? So what else? I mean, that's keeping if, you out of church. No. You would you? Are your friends the kinds that would go with you? One. Because I mean, that would help, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you go in as a duo, that's better than one. I don't even mind going by myself. Really? Yeah. The problem is that I'm picky when it comes to pastors. I happen Mm -hmm. to have a really great one as a dad. (laughs) And um, I just, I feel like I also am searching for things wrong. Oh, you're looking for everything they can do wrong. Excuse reasons not to like it. 
Yeah. That's hard even for me not to do at churches because because I feel kind of on edge now. There's so many cases of just like nutty churches, right? And not they're not even that common. They're just big. They're just yeah. they're famous. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not even that if you throw a rock, you're going to hit like a nut job church. It's just it kind of feels that way almost. What would be the perfect kind of church for a millennial woman? Um, let's just say you. Yeah, what for me. First, yeah, I'm like okay. Uh, yeah. What so, would be the perfect kind of church for you? I would love a church that uh, the size doesn't necessarily. I don't want to go to a small, tiny church, right? Because I wonder you why. You like to hide, and I like to hide. Um, but I like. So if it's really tiny, you're going okay. Something's wrong. Something's here. wrong here. Um, uh, yeah. Um, a pastor in person. That's important. No, not a video feed. Yeah, I okay. don't get it. Yeah. Um, I don't fully get that either. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. You mean you don't, you couldn't go to a video campus? I don't think not regularly. I enjoy yeah. it when I'm there, if they do, especially with live worship and stuff. It's really yeah. cool. But because yeah. that's less important to me than the message, just as like right. as a personality trait, I might as well just watch it at home, right? I might as well just yeah. have it on my laptop. Well, I could argue about that all day, but oh I don't want gosh. to. So not okay, not when so you're in person. If you're in person, then I should be there in person. Too. You know, it's different. Yeah, like where are you? Can I come to where you're being recorded? Yes, you can because it's live streamed. Exactly. So yeah. why aren't we all there? Okay, so it's important for you for the preacher to be in the room with you. <laughs> I get yeah. it. I get, yeah. I'm not, there's no reason to argue that. I that's know. a that's okay. a feeling. It's an opinion. Yeah. And so, uh, so you want the guy in the room? Yeah, I do. You want the church not to be too small, right? Um, I don't want worship to feel like a rock concert. Interesting. So what like do you no want to fog feel machines. Like? Oh, okay. Like I'm no, not here to machines. see you. I'm here to worship. Worship with you. With you. So do you like fog machines, John? Do you have a fog machine issue? I have no issues either way. I, that's one thing, maybe just because it's low stakes in general for me because worship isn't why I go to church yeah. regularly. Um, so it's kind of, I could go either way. I do love acoustic sessions like, like mm-hmm. on at Northwest, they would do the pursuit nights and yeah, every now and yeah. again, they do an acoustic Just one and they were, they yeah. were the best. Okay. They yeah. were by far and you the feel best. the same way. Yeah. I mean, worship's my favorite part of a church service. So you like singing with the room, everybody's singing together. Yes. You like that. You want to yes. hear everybody's voices? Nope. So you don't mind the music being loud? Yeah. Do you like it loud? I don't care. <laughs> You want it loud enough where you don't hear everybody, right? I mean, not well, everybody. Sing your talented. guts out. Yeah. No, I don't need to sing my guts. Is out. this a? Are you are you here with ulterior motives? No, to try I, and, like, I really <laughs> want to know. I, I have, I'm not got no agenda here yeah. except to learn. I'm fascinated. By I thought you just like taking notes. Like okay, yeah, because uh-huh. millennials are dropping out of church yeah. like flies, and yeah. so I'm curious to hear what kind of church you would actually say. Hey, I, I would want to be there. Yeah. Okay, so preacher guys, he's a normal dude. Yeah. Tells Probably. a lot of stories. Yeah. How, how does he dress? Wow. I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't care about that. So uh, is a good church hard to find? I mean, Denver's got I got, got a list of great churches to send you to. I know. I got to tell you something. I don't try that hard. Why not? Well, I work Monday through Friday. Um, I get to sleep in on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And to give one of those up. If there was a Saturday or Sunday evening service, would you do that? Nope. <laughs> well that blows that excuse no but it's it's like i want the whole day like i feel like i am i am not a selfish person with anything but time yeah my time is my time but you're mm. single so you can go home every single night at five thirty, snuggle with your cat and watch <laughs> netflix on your tv yeah you, you don't have to leave the apartment ever i know it's great you can have food delivered to you with all the yeah with all this these services i know it's a good day to okay. be alive. So, so <laughs> I want to dig here just a little bit longer. Yeah. Because what you're saying is 
I could use the help of a faith community to make me stronger in my faith. Yes. Uh, there are churches that that do lean the way I would like to lean, yes. but I won't go because at the end of the day, the reward for that does not outweigh the cost. Right. What what could uh, is there a substitute that could feed you, or uh, what would it take to make the reward outweigh the cost? Let me jump in. Yeah, please. answer that after this commercial break. Gotcha. We'll come back and you'll say what exactly needs to change that equation for it to. Or, or what you're going to use as a substitute to to meet that need. Okay. See you soon. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content, as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. So, uh, Dad, ask that question one more time. So what would it take for the cost of going to church and being a part of a church community to uh, be less than the reward? Um, I don't think anything needs to change. I think I just need to bite the bullet mm-hmm. and get out there and try and find a church that I like. And then it just needs to become a habit for me. And maybe if you had a church you loved, it wouldn't be as expensive to you as it is now. Exactly. I could What's look forward to it. What's expensive is finding one. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. Hmm. It, it does sound exhausting. Church shopping yes. sounds exhausting. Yeah. There's a lot of talk now in like like meta talk within churches about new ways to do church that were due for another type of reformation or another another big shift mm-hmm. is there a different format of church that you would agree with more like if it was like dinner in a church or just or enjoy was, more yeah dinner yeah. dinner church or coffee shop where there's a conversation beginner like a guy you do a couple of songs guy and introduces a topic from the passage of scripture and then you talk about it at your tables that was one of my favorite things back in youth group you mm-hmm. know how we would have our little the message groups, and yeah. then we would split up in the small mm-hmm. groups and talk about it it felt a lot more personal mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't have any uh, qualms with the, uh, the the church thing, right? I don't. Sure. I really don't. Hmm. That's interesting. So, what will you do, Bethany? Will you continue to? <laughs> you need to commit to three steps, right? No, now. you don't. You don't have to. I'm just curious. What you, where you know? What's it going? What what would help you jumpstart this process? Or are you just going to let it play out longer? I, I I do understand that churches are a great place to meet dudes. Too. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't tell the me real, to go to church. The real motive for this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. No, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about the the man thing okay. at all. Sure. I, I've, I've been telling you guys forever. Men don't know they're buff behind the ground until they're thirty. Yeah. So you can just drag this out. That is fine with me. Okay. So, um, but so. Uh, is Kiri the one that would go to church with you? Oh yeah. And so, um, 
What what are the odds you're going to give that a shot in 2020? I mean, pretty good. It's a big year. Uh, so was the last one. I know. I went, <laughs> I went to church a couple times. I uh, I have a habit of visiting the church that we left. Yeah. Mm. Um. Every couple months. And why not go there? Yeah. Why not more regularly? I gotta tell you, I feel like it's a curse or something. Every time I visit, the the lead pastor isn't speaking. That might oh. be a blessing. Maybe they have this one guy who speaks there. I love that dude. And I'm like, you need to be the lead pastor of a church and I will go to your church every single time. But Sunday. you've never, you haven't seen the new guy yet. Yeah, no. you might like him. I know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this uh, this one guy, his name is Lorenzo. 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 If you hear this. <laughs> you the man. You the man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so, great. So a big issue, say the worship was like, just tanked, Top. right? Oh, tanked. Yeah. Okay. And, but, but Lorenzo was the guy or just you had like a great speaker yeah, you loved. Yeah. Would that Would that be worth it to you? Is oh, it yeah. a speaker problem? Yeah, the the speaker makes or break makes or break this breaks the situation. Okay, I want to ask this: um, Would you say that in 2019 your faith grew, flatlined, or declined? I would say I'm at a solid flatline here. Not like flatline as in like death. <laughs> no, you no, know, no, like just where someone flatlines. No change. Yeah. Plateau. Plateau. Yeah. 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 So, uh, would you consider yourself? We talk a lot about the concept of a stuck Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a new Christian, then there's kind of this growing Christian, then there's a stuck Christian, and then there's the Christ-centered person who really has decided that their entire life is going to be viewed and led through the lens of of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you put yourself on that? On that, would you be the stuck person? Would you be the growing person? Would you be the Christ-centered person? Would you be just getting started? How would you? Where would you rank yourself there? I would go with definitely stuck. Stuck. Oh, yeah. And, um, man, I, I, what advice would you give you <laughs> oh my about gosh. getting unstuck? Get off your butt and go to church. <laughs> <laughs> go figure it out. Do you read yeah. your Bible? Yes. Is that feeding to you? Is that positive sometimes? Yeah. I tend to stick to the New Testament because it just makes a little more sense. Yeah. I don't blame mm. you for that. Yeah. Easier. Maybe the Proverbs yeah. and Psalms. Would, sure. Yeah. John, what advice do you have for your sister? Man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I do a question for you before that is: Does church attendance go up in the new year with resolutions? Oh and yeah, stuff? January is the big attendance month. It's a low. It's a low giving month, but it's a high attendance month. Yeah. Everybody's broke from Christmas, so right. January is mm-hmm. the lowest giving month. Interesting, uh, but, but, the high, it's, but it's but one of the highest. one of the highest. So then, it January. Seems to me, uh, January and September are gotcha. New Year's resolutions, and, and then September after yeah. summer is over. Um, it seems like now if you start going in January, you'll be with a lot of people, probably a lot like you. Oh yeah, um, oh that's true. Yeah. And you could maybe I don't I know you're it's not like really the gym, in the market for you know, new the friends. The gym gets really busy, yeah. crowded in that first two yeah. weeks of January. Except to me, that's a deterrent, and this might be a selling point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, take your friend with you. And I bet you they have programs. So we have programs uh, for specifically for connecting, mm-hmm. like like not on Sundays, which is probably a hard strike for you to go to church on like a Wednesday or something. I but, would do that way better than a Sunday. Really? Well, you can do like a couples connect. You guys have been to. You right. actually found a couple of neat friends through that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't I qualify for that one. No, but I bet you there are <laughs> other ones. Uh, so maybe keep a lookout for that. But. Um, yeah, that's really all I got, and if yeah. you, especially because you like that church, so that's that's already a huge thing checked off the list of looking for a church that you enjoy going to. If Lorenzo's there, just go hang out with him. I know. 
Okay, so now let's finish with this. You give me a little advice. Okay. Both of you feel free to chime in on this. I'm going to summarize what you have said so far about church attendance, that millennials aren't in church because they're lazy. Um, Mm. uh, It's not, it's just not grabbed them. And I would say that's a community. They don't have the community that's there. Mm -hmm. They don't have the culture that's wooing them Mm -hmm. and they, and they don't want to give up their free time. So uh, what advice would you guys have for churches? Say, Hey, churches, Move this direction. Hey, churches, get this right. What, yeah. would, it, what, what, what would you advise? I mean, go first. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me, from a, a lay perspective, that uh, the idea of a, a, a one place where you can only get this one thing is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no longer a special location for a special thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want, um, you know, if I want a burger from a place on the other side of town, it can be at my door in 20 minutes, mm. you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And if I want uh, this thing, I don't have to go to the shop to get it. I order it off Amazon or Etsy right. or, you right. know, so you don't need to leave your house to get special things anymore. And so uh, we talked about this a bit, but changing the culture or the experience or whatever at the church to the point where it cannot be replicated. replicated. You can't get it anywhere. Exactly. Else. If yeah. you watch online, you're missing a huge chunk. Of it. I think our Wednesday nights are a lot like that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we stream it because on the few nights I haven't been able to make it. I do watch it. But it is not the same. Mm-hmm. That experience can only be um, had in that room. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. And so enough to get someone to leave their house. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great observation. What would you say? Um, I I have to agree with that a lot. Um, I think maybe going back to the whole personal relationships being available at church where mm. – like I can attend and just slip into the background and nobody will know I was mm-hmm. there. And nobody will see me leave, mm-hmm. you know, but you want that, right? But I don't, you know, like, yeah. you know, you, I, I love the notion of give me something at that place that I just can't get anywhere. Yeah. Else. Well, it's like, it's like streaming, killing movies, you know, cause you can watch it at home and get almost the same thing. Yeah. The, and that's why IMAX still thrives or, or does well. Because that experience cannot be replicated in the home. Right. Right. And the recliner seats at the theater or something. The sound is even better. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole concept called fidgetal, physical and digital, that people are having fidgetal. Like Amazon was going to be the death of the big box store. Now Amazon has a big box store. (laughs) Yeah. But that big box store is an experience you don't get at any other big box store. It knows you by name when you walk in the door. If you're an Amazon Prime Yeah, way too creepy. That's some Minority Uh, Report stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You pick up items and shop, and and you don't have to check out. You just walk out because it's done all that digitally for you. But the idea of digital and digital, like here's my notion, is when you pull in the church parking lot or on your way to church, you order your your favorite coffee drink from the mill, and it's waiting Mm. there when you get there, like Starbucks. You know, you walk in, you grab your drink. If you have children, you register them for their classes on the phone oh, on your way cool. in. That would be cool. Then as you walk into the lobby, bloop, you get a push notification into the into the auditorium. Here's today's notes for today's teaching. Oh, then wow. as you go to your car, as you pull out of the parking lot, bloop, you get a notification. Here's the small group questions for you to have with your friends tonight. You know, just to have this digital, this physical and digital experience yeah. Yeah. woven together, would that be... Uh, That'd be a, a neat experience. It would be pretty cool. Um yeah, that, I just think it would be pretty cool. I don't think it's, it solves all the problems. Right. Oh, it doesn't at all. It seems to me that uh, the next, if I were to, if I were a gambling man, the next move would be a actual turn from that, not further down that road. It's churches going oh. more down to earth, more smaller, organic, more, more acoustic. Yeah, mm-hmm. to try and to try and yeah. differentiate, to try and provide a uh, less technical. Te- 
technological experience, sure. right? Electronic experience. You want me? You're saying, hey, get me to put my phone down. Exactly, because I'm on that thing all day, yeah. every day. I love that, but but I don't know. You know, maybe and maybe churches that do do that will be, you know, will grow. You want an analog church or a digital church? Boom. Good question. Uh, analog for sure. Okay, yeah. and, and I'm, we're going to wrap this up. So, Bethany, what we did not do is tell anybody what you do for a living. What oh. kind of work do you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have a bachelor's degree in I mathematics. Do. I do. I um, do. I work for a software company in Denver doing a project management for the implementation team. Man. And you guys implement uh, systems, software systems for companies who do what? Um, we make uh, interactive maps of apartment complexes. Super <laughs> riveting stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, it actually is pretty fascinating. That's cool. When you're in it. Okay, so let's finish with one funny story. We had our staff Christmas party recently at a bowling alley. And so we all bowled. And people were talking about, you know, we had like 40 bowlers. And there's people talking about, yeah, those shoes, you know, putting on <laughs> these shoes that 4,000 of your right. friends have already won. Well, and and uh, so one of the guys, when he turned his shoes in, we were saying, well, at least they spray that, you know, stuff in there. Uh-huh. So one of the guys goes and takes his shoes back and the gal takes his shoes from him and she turns her back to him toward the shoe rack and she smelled the shoes. What? And then she put them in the rack. She didn't spray any stuff. She smelled them? <laughs> she smelled them. And all I could think of was two kids, because I think of this all the time, two kids at school. What does your mommy do for a living? My mom's a shoe smeller. No. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brutal. All right. So there's your funny little gross story yeah. of the day. Bethany, thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for being my daughter. I love yeah, you. I really love proud you too. Of you. And uh, this has been a great conversation. Yeah. Hopefully someone got something out of this. I, I got something out of it. Yeah. So email us info at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. You can follow us on Instagram, Jim and John. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we would love to hear from you if you have uh, topic ideas for future episodes. If you have. Uh, man, anything you anything we can do for you, we would be honored to do it. Yes, please. All Have right, a great we'll, day. We'll see you guys next time.